Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. It's been said if we don't know where we're going, any road will get us there. How many feel like that's the track your life is on? I just have no clue where I'm going and so I'll just take any road. You hope it's the right road. I knew the other day when we were in Tennessee with our, our daughter, and I'll tell you that story, the remainder of that in a second, but we were, we were headed back home getting on I-40, and I made a wrong turn, went to the stop sign, and the GPS was just, it was driving the GPS crazy, and they were telling us all kinds of ways to turn, and I knew that I'd made a wrong turn when I saw this sign, it said, dead end. You're on the wrong road. God's desire is for us to be on the right road and be on track. And a college buddy of mine said to me one time, he, he was a Vietnam, he'd just been to Vietnam. This was back in the early 70s. And he said, he called me Ran. He said, Ran, you know, the only thing constant is change. The only thing constant is change. <clears throat> By nature, we don't like change. We're creatures of habit. We have certain routines, certain protocols, certain keep us with some sem- every day of our lives that somehow keep us with some semblance of normalcy. But the Lord's, I sense... What God has been doing here among us today. I just want to ask you a question. Are you, if we're ready to follow the Holy Spirit, are we ready for change? Um, when the elders came to us with this vision that they had prayed over, they believed God had instructed them to say to this body in building a community that in this community we're to make it our number one priority to seek God to the degree that we will give him what he wants. And then the second part of that is when we give God what he wants, what does he say he'll do? I'll fill you with all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness, he will fill us with those things if we give him what he desires. So the deal is this morning, if we're ready for change, if we're going to give him what he wants, are we ready to take some new ground in our lives today? The question is, how long will we allow the devil to continue to steal from us? He steals our peace, our joy. He steals relationships, our marriages, our kids. How how long will we continue to allow him to steal from us? We used to sing a song when I was a kid. Right in the hotbed of revival. I grew up in the hotbed of revival. 
We lived at church. Tuesday night was prayer meeting. Thursday night was young people's meeting. Saturday night we had something going on. Sunday morning we had something going on. Sunday night we had church. We didn't get out of church till midnight. And we got up and went to church to school the next morning. If we did a revival, it was no less than three weeks. Every night for three weeks. And if the Holy Spirit really broke out, it'd go six weeks to three months. Why? Because people were ready to take some new ground for God. I'm wondering if God has found heart of the Father ready to take some new ground. Ready to take back what the devil stole. The, the song we used to sing was, Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. How many remember that song? It's time to take some new ground, heart of the Father. So if you will go with me this morning, we're going to take some new ground. But as I've been away for the last couple of weeks, um, it's, been, it's been an interesting journey. <clears throat> Little did I know, we were going to Tennessee to help our daughter. She, um, she called us one day a few weeks ago and said uh, she had a mole removed from the back of her leg uh, at Christmas time when we were out there. And uh, she went back for the test results. And the test results said, uh, you have melanoma cancer. Rocked her world. Rocked our world. Anybody that's ever heard the C word, it rocks your world. Because immediately what hits you in the face is your mortality. What's going to happen? The Lord directed the, the, the whole situation, the affairs of her life. Uh, she'd had a plastic surgeon remove the mole on the surface, but beneath there was a tumor. And plastic surgeon said, I'm going to send you to a surgeon that deals in melanoma, and he's the top surgeon. Um, she went to see, the Lord just ordered everything, directed everything. And in the midst of all that, she would call me and she'd say, Dad, do you think I'm going to be okay? And I'd had, we just had the peace of the Lord about it. I'm not saying that uh, because I, I want it to sound super spiritual. I'm just saying I, the peace of the Lord was there. In my, in my spirit, uh, we've, we've, we've walked through a few things. We, Ryan, our son, many of you know Ryan. We've walked through three open heart surgeries with him. See, it's nice when we can come and hear that the Lord healed somebody or did something miraculous. But sometimes we need to understand he's with us in the storm. Sometimes there's things that, he, that we're going to walk through that we see the faithfulness of the Lord. 
I'll never forget Ryan's first open heart surgery when we, we, we came up. They said, uh, the surgeon wants to see you. And he's, he's a brilliant surgeon, one of the top teaching hospitals in Gainesville. And when we stepped off the elevator, the surgeon was standing there and he looked at us and he said, he said these words. I'll never forget it. And it impacted my life. He said, your son has a happy heart. <laughs> and immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Hallelujah. God, God is teaching us that no matter what we're going through, we can take back what the enemy's stolen. No matter what life throws at us that we feel is unkind or unfair, God is with us. Even in the midst of places that we don't know where it's going to wind up or what the outcome will be. You can go in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. While we were in, in Tennessee going through all of this. And the surgeon said, we take the tumor, but we're going to have to look at the lymph nodes because we want to make sure it didn't get into the lymphatic system. But we, I learned something here. He said, but we're going to look at a special kind of lymph node. It's called a sentinel lymph, lymph node. He said, what's the purpose of the sentinel lymph node? It stands guard over the rest of the lymph nodes. And if any kind of disease attacks the lymphatic system, it always goes to the sentinel node first. I did not know that. I said, well, Holy Ghost, you've got a sentinel in our bodies that's standing guard and watch over us. That anything that attacks us, whew. somebody get a hold of this, this word this morning. Because I'm telling you, y'all pray for me and help me because this is burning in my spirit. I just, I just need to be able to get it out. But he said, I may take three lymph nodes. Surgery only took one. Four days later, the pathology report comes back. Becca's kind of sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear the report. How do you think it's going to turn out? <clears throat> well, in the midst of that, before the, even before the surgery, let me back up and say this. I'm sitting in Bible study the week before we go to Tennessee to be with her. Barry's teaching the word and the Holy Spirit says, call your family together and take communion. I said, whoa, Holy Ghost. There's a neat idea. Call them together. I said, why, Lord? He said, because it's the meal that heals. We got all the family together. We even had them in on, had about six of them in on Zoom calls. And the Lord was giving us words and tongues and prophetic things were coming forth. And the Lord said, don't worry about it. I've got it. And we took the bread and we drank the cup and we believed and Rebecca was standing there with us and we said, honey, don't worry about it. God's got it taken care of. <clears throat> she went and had the surgery. They removed it. Not just, didn't have to do three. They did one. Pathology report came back four days later. 
Doctor said, Mrs. Franklin, I'm happy to report to you, no cancer. None. Hallelujah. And I know there's people in this body that are dealing with the C word right now. And I'm just going to tell you the precursor because Brandon came over to me and said, you want us to do communion at the transition between worship and when you preach? Or, and I said, yeah, go ahead and do that. And immediately the Holy Spirit checked me and said, wait a minute. <clears throat> it's the meal that heals. So I went back to Brandon and I said, Holy Spirit just checked me. We're going to do it at the end. Want to do it at the end. Why? Because we're going to take back some ground. We're going to take back some things the devil's stolen from us. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. Amplified version is what I'm reading from. Joshua got up. Well, let me say this. They've been, they've been circling the mountain for 40 years. Why? Disobedience after the spies had gone in. Ten said giants in the land. Two said you can take it. Unbelief spreads throughout the camp. And God says, because of your disobedience and your unbelief, you're going to get to circle the mountain for 40 years. They were within 11 miles of the promised land and circled the mountain for 40 years. Moses is gone. And now Joshua steps in. And here we are in chapter 3. And while we were in Tennessee, I was reading this. And this verse, there's a verse, a phrase here that came off the page. You'll get it. Joshua got up early in the morning. Then he and all the children of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan. And they spent the night there before they crossed the river. And it happened at the end of three days that the officers went throughout the camp. And they commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, understand this represented the presence of the Lord with the people of God. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from where you are and follow it. Set out from where you are and follow it. However, there shall be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubits or 3,000 feet by measurement. Do not come near it so that you may be able to see the ark and know the way you are to go. Know the way you are to go. Here's the phrase that came off the page to, for me. For you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. I want to instruct you. I want to show you where you're going, says the Lord. <clears throat> but you haven't passed this way before. We're going up to the promised land, but our fathers failed to enter in because of disobedience and unbelief. The opportunity was theirs, but they backed off of it. 
Let me tell you something. God is dropping opportunity in our laps today, heart of the Father. Are we going to move forward with it? Are we going to back up and say, well, you know, Lord, we've never been this way before. Are we going to press in when he says, return to the place of prayer. Return to the place of my presence. Why does he want you to do that? Just to go through spiritual calisthenics? No, because he wants to commune with you. He wants to tell you things that will mold and shape your life for his purposes. Unbelief kept him out of the promised land. Unbelief will stop the purpose of God and thwart the destiny that he has for your life. But now, a new generation, a new generation has come up. They've been circling the mountain for 40 years, but there's a new generation. And this new generation says, we believe. We believe what God's promised, he's going to make good on it. Sometimes you have to understand things are going to get worse before they get better. Some of you are in the midst of that. It's worse. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet? Bottom line is, you're just going to have to learn to trust the Lord. You say, well, Randy, have you ever gone through things like this? Yeah. I was in the ministry. In the ministry. When you're in the ministry, sometimes things get worse before they get better. Madeline and I went for seven weeks, no, no, nothing. We lived off of nothing for seven weeks except what the Lord provided. There was no paycheck, no salary, no nothing. Lord reminded us, you're not doing this for the money. You make the sacrifice for him. Because you love him, you love people. If you're going to be in the ministry, you better be deeply in love with him if you're going to love people. If you're going to love people. We've, we've started making a determination around here that we're going, we're going to love people in this community. The word's gotten out on you. It's no longer a well-kept secret. I drove up on the out to the far road. Waiting for the food bank to open up. And by the time we got through, they got through, 225 plus cars had come through here. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. The, the word's gotten out because we're preparing. God is preparing this. It's happening even right now. Let, let, me highlight a, let me highlight a ministry real quick that's going on right now. And as the camera's on me, 
if anybody's back in the back watching TV, watching the TV and the, what's going on with the service, we got workers back there. You wonder why the elders aren't in here today? They're back there taking care of the kids. Why? Because we value those little lives. They're the new generation. They're the ones coming up that Joel talked about. And I'm talking about, I'm, let me just set the, 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 the bar, the threshold here real quick. <clears throat> this is for our children, my children, and our children's children. My oldest daughter is 46. So this is the generation. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I may be the older guy among us this morning. I've already, I've already topped out at 72. I know I don't look it, so it's okay. It's all right. I look like I'm 19. But it's, it's really okay. It's okay. But this is the generation that God's raising up. But I, I want to make a declaration this morning right here at this point. We may have never been this way before, but God's in charge of where he's taken us. And here's the good news. Even though the children of Israel headed the promised land, didn't, had never passed the way they were passing before, but guess what? They were never without his glory. They had the cloud by day and the fire by night. Symbolic of the presence of the Lord. They had the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence was continually with them. The glory of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when we show up here collectively as the corporate body of Christ, I want the glory of the Lord to invade this place. Where the glory is, things change. Where the glory is, we take back what the devil has stolen from us. Well, Randy, what is the glory? It's the manifest presence of all the attributes of God coming together in the, in, in the sanctuary of the Lord to accomplish what God wants by his spirit. I had a Jamaican secretary. She went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. But she was one of the most intense intercessors I've ever seen. Her name was Dionette. Love Dionette. From Jamaica, man. She's from Jamaica. And she had the accent to go with it. Brilliant young lady, but full of the Holy Ghost. Had two masters, business master's degrees. Brilliant. God told her she was the VP of one of the leading insurance firms in Jamaica. And God spoke to her and said, I want you to take your two boys and leave Jamaica and move to Lakeland, Florida. And she left her home, her car, everything, and moved to Lakeland, Florida and walked into my office and she said, Pastor, the Lord sent me here. I said, oh, he did, did he? I thought, boy, here's... Here's another nut coming into my office trying to tell me that they've heard from God. Help me, Lord. That's all I needed to hear. But she said, she came back a few days later and she said, the Lord has spoke to me and said, 
start a Tuesday morning prayer meeting. Would that be all right with you? I said, absolutely. You want to do that? Go ahead. Start praying. They started praying. And revival broke out. The presence of the Lord started showing up in our worship services. There was a, there was a gravitational pull from the, of, of the Holy Ghost that just started drawing us into his presence. The next thing we know, the size of that thing starts growing. It just starts mushrooming. In our worship services, it's, it was like this morning, it, it, all kinds of stuff. I stood over here and just at, I was just kind of observing all the goings on. People are praying. We've got a tongue. We've got prophecy. We've got uh, the, the praise team is, is, is already into prophetic worship. I'll tell you more about it. She walked, Dionette walked up to me and she said, Pasta, you need to learn flow. You do not know how to flow. You're too religious. <laughs> too many of the traditions of man she said, you are about to enter the school of the Holy Spirit and he will teach you flow. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I entered the school and it changed me. I've never been the same since. Oh, because I come to the house of the Lord with expectation of what God is up to and what he desires to do. You've got to learn flow. Don't come in here with some preconceived idea and preconceived notion about what God's going to do. And don't prejudge everything. Well, God can't be in that. That's not the way they did it when I was coming up as a teenager. I just don't see God in that. My Lord... We're not doing things we did the same way we did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we were running the aisles and speaking in tongues. And uh, people were swinging their coats over the top of their head. Waving handkerchiefs in the air. Spitting all over each other. Wiping sweat and slinging sweat. It was, a, it was crazy. And now we traded all that in. We've got, I suppose, we've traded that in and now we're waving flags and we're dancing it and we're rapping. Come on. We're blowing shofars. We're wearing prayer shawls. I looked this morning. I don't know where the brother went. I think I saw him. He had a, y'all saw him. He was walking around with a prayer shawl on. Had both hands. See, when I was coming up as a kid, we, the charismatics in the 70s, the charismatic movement, and the charismatics always lifted their hands this way. They always prayed with palms up. It's charismatic. Thank you, Lord. Charismatic. You knew if, if you saw somebody in this posture, it's charismatic. Pentecostals prayed this way. Hands this way. This is the way Pentecostals pray. Hands extended. So we got to where we didn't want to offend anybody. So we started praying this way. 
So we had the Pentecost. Hello. Hello, somebody. Things were changing. We got them blowing shofars and wearing prayer shawls and walking all over the building and doing prayer walks and doing food banks. And we got them back here taking care of babies. Madeline and I were back there two weeks ago taking care of the babies. We had 10 babies. And you haven't lived till you've got 10 toddlers running all over the place. Licking all over toys, spreading germs. You want to feed them blueberries and give them a little cracker and some juice and they're throwing blueberries at each other. And then we walk into the room and we, we're, we go, wait a minute, I smell something. <laughs> what is that? Madeline, Madeline's looking at me. She goes, please don't tell. We, we spent the whole... We spent the whole hour and a half, y'all were in here worshiping on the changing table. When we say things are changing, they literally were changing. Hello, somebody. We've never been this way before. God is taking us to places we've never been before. We're experiencing things we've never seen before. And we question, God, is this you? He says, all you got to do is watch the Levitical priests. And when you see them, you stay back about 3,000 feet. And you keep them in plain view. And you watch those boys. And you stay in lockstep right behind them. And where they march, you march. Because the next verse says, before you get ready to go into the promised land, he says, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify. Now, when, when our elder calls us to prayer, that's time for sanctification. Sanctification. The Pentecost I came in up in was, you spent... No less than two hours in the altar. No less than two hours. Sometimes more. Seeking the Lord. Getting yourself sanctified. What does sanctified mean? It means clean up the works of your flesh. Clean up the works of your flesh. Why? Why does God want you to clean up the works of your flesh? Because it hinders the work of the Spirit. When you let the flesh get in the way, you'll cop an attitude. And you'll say, that's not of God. So what's the Lord doing around here when he says, sanctify yourselves, heart of the Father? I looked that up. Sanctify in the spirit prophetically means God is repositioning you. God is repositioning you. In a new calling, in a new direction. A new call and a new direction. He changed my call. He moved me out of the pastorate. I mean, in one fell swoop. One Sunday I'm in the pulpit. The next Sunday I'm sitting right over there. It was that quick. And a new call came. 
what's the new call? <clears throat> when the elders call me up and say, I want you to preach Sunday. I don't go, well, you know, the crowd's not big enough. I'm used to preaching to thousands. You don't, you don't cop an attitude. You say, absolutely, I'm ready. Why? Because all of us should have the fire of God burning in us. <clears throat> you didn't show up today for me to entertain you. You showed up to experience the presence of the Lord and to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So if I called you out this morning and said, okay, what's the Spirit said to you this morning? Have you got a word? Has the Spirit spoken to you? Did you come with expectation? Are you full of the fire of the presence of God that's burning in your spirit? If you get close enough to his word, you'll start burning with it. You'll burn with it. It'll consume you. You'll have to get it out. The call of God. Reposition yourself. Sanctify yourself. Why? Because God's got new assignments for you. If he assigns me and Madeline to the nursery, we go to the nursery. People in the back, you're watching me. Elders are back there. They're going to be shouting when I say this. Some of us, when we don't even need to be called on. Volunteer and get back there and help out with those babies. Well, I can't be in the worship service. Go back there and worship. You know why? Because you're raising up the next generation. The next generation's being raised up. Somebody invested in you or you wouldn't be where you are. So don't have to be asked. Don't have to be begged. Please, somebody go back there and help us with the children. Step up to the plate, reposition yourself, get sanctified, get your flesh out of the way, and say, Isaiah chapter 6, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm the one. Here I am. Randy and Madeline Horton reporting for duty, Lord, to the toddler room. Hallelujah. Get in there and run around and pick up them toys. I worked harder back there than I do in here. We got through cleaning up that room and I was going. These 10 babies will run you to death. I looked at Madeline and I said, now I know why God let us have children when we were young. We can't keep up with them this old. They wear you out. But they're beautiful. Every one of them. I look at them babies and we were praying over them. I said, there's a prophet there. There's a teacher there. There's an apostle there. There's an evangelist there. There's a man of God there. There's a woman of God there. That's the next generation. My daughter's in... Kodak, Tennessee this morning. Worship leader at New Hope Church. 
Why is she doing that? Because when she was born and it was choir practice and praise team night, her mother and I put her in the carrier. We took her to choir practice and plopped her right down on the risers beside of us. And she grew up in praise and worship. Train them, train them, train them, train them. Proverbs 22, train them in the way they ought to go. And when they grow up and get old, they won't depart from it. I know when I said that, I felt some of that coming back. Said, but, but Randy, I did that. and there was, Listen, you've sowed seeds in them. When we take communion this morning, when we take communion this morning, prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. Wayward sons and daughters are coming home. Shababahiti. They're coming home. I don't care how far they got away. The high sheriff of heaven, the Holy Ghost, he's on their trail like a heavenly. He'll find them right where they And he's going to track them down. He's going to find them. He'll find them right where they are and said, hey, you, Holy Ghost here, come on home. And when they get home, when they get home, back into the presence of the Lord, don't give them this stuff. Sometimes parents will give them, well, I told you so. You got out there, you made your bed hard, you lay in it. No. Do what the prodigal son's daddy did. When he sees his son coming from afar off, he said, that's my boy. Kill the fatted calf. We're about to throw a party. My son was lost. But now he's coming home. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, we've never been this way before. But the glory's with us. Sanctify yourself. Get in the place of prayer. My dad just went home to be with the Lord this past August. August 28th. Went home to be with the Lord. We'd, doctors had told us his heart's wearing out. I said, Father, if he's going to go, let him wear out for you. He just wore out for Jesus. He did, seriously. Seriously. And when I walked in this room that morning and I saw his lifeless body there, I looked at him. I said, you fought a good fight. He kept the faith. He lived in the spirit almost 96 years of his life. He lived in the spirit. When God saved him, it was the real deal. He never came in contact with anybody. It didn't matter if it was lawyers, doctors, people of high educational status. That didn't matter. He just said, I need to know, how is it with your soul? He just cut to the chase. It wasn't this... Well, do you love Jesus? Da, 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 da. How is it with your soul? You know, I came up in the revival era where it was get right or get left. It was heaven, yes, hell, no. We cut, we, they just cut to the chase. Preachers said, I mean, when they preached, it was the fire of God. When I say fire of God, it was coupled with the fear of God. It was a holy respect. It was a reverential fear. 
that says this is God and he means business. This is the creator of my life and he ain't playing games. And I better get my act together or he's going to deal with me. Because guess what? Still true today. Better get our act together. Better reposition ourselves. Better sanctify ourselves and get rid of some of this filthiness of the flesh. Hello, somebody. Oh, I know it, ain't, it may not be popular preaching, but if you're going to go where God wants you to go, and you say, I've never been this way before, you're going to have to position yourself and get sanctified in his presence and let the Spirit of the Lord lead you into the promised land he has waiting on you. God has things prepared for you you've never experienced before. We're seeing it right now. Let me tell you real quick an account. Y'all can already tell I've jettisoned my notes. 2000, September 11th, 2001. If I called his name, you'd know who this guy is, but he's, he operates in the prophetic community. He's one of the, I mean, he's a pretty reputable guy. When he speaks, people listen because he spends time in the presence of the Lord. But let me just, just hit the highlights of this. 2001, this came forth. Vision came forth that revival fire was coming to the youth of America. The destination would be college campuses springing up everywhere. Intensity of love and a passion from God. Nothing will be able to stop it. Signs and wonders will take place. God has just begun to hover over these universities. Kids began crying out to Jesus in these gatherings and people were being saved, healed, repentance, communion, washing one another's feet, exhortation from the word, spontaneous singing, hours of intense worship, bondages broken and strongholds set free. Administrators and leaders of these universities were trying to stop what was happening and get the kids to go back to class. But it was so powerful, the kids didn't want to do anything but stay in the presence of Jesus. And they continued to get together to process what the Spirit of the Lord was doing. You know, this generation's coming up. They've never, a lot of them, what you and I that were birthed in revival fires and saw all of the things that God was doing, this, the generation coming up from about 46 down, never seen this. They've never been this way before. You and I are going to have to show them. We're going to have to steward it. Listen to what happened. As administrators walked into the buildings to try to stop them, the power of God was so strong, the administrators would fall under the power of God. There was mass deliverances, things happening that would rock the average Christian's theology. It was like when Jesus would go into the synagogue and demons would begin to scream out. Leave us alone! Leave us alone! But all kinds of deliverances were beginning to take place. Freedom from addiction, freedom from all types of bondages, demonic strongholds. 
The presence of God came into the room with such intensity that demonic power simply could not stay. Hallelujah. Students were turning away from their sinful lifestyles and when interviewed and asked why, what changed, they simply said, we just want to please Jesus. They turned away from a life of sin and they engaged in and began to follow Christ with such intensity it literally shook everything in its path. Let me finish with this. It became a holiness movement unlike anything we've ever seen. No one was preaching. No one was telling them how to live. Their hearts were simply changing and they were following hard after Christ. On the other hand, this movement was so raw, the kids didn't change their looks. They didn't even change their attire. Come on. Come on. I'm not speaking from a posture of judgment this morning. Correction, I heard. I went to the Lee University outbreak while I was in Tennessee. 300 kids in the building. No preacher. No agenda. Just the presence of the Lord. But I walked in and I said, my, my, my traditional Self said, this can't be of God. These kids are in shorts. They're not, they're not dressed like wholeness people. But my flow self said, this is the real deal. This is God. This is a move of God. It's broke out at Asbury. It's at Lee. It's at Samford. It's in Uganda. It's in Israel. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, it's broken out everywhere. People are hungry for God. We've never been this way before. But here's what the Lord says to us. Here's older people. I'm saying this to the young folks. Listen to the preacher this morning. I'm your biggest fan. I'm with you. I'm not saying it's a license to sin. I'm saying this, okay? Because when this hit, couples that had been living together out of wedlock started getting married. Started, oh, it's getting quiet now. Why is that? Hello? Huh? Because you've never been this way before. But we're here as the older folk to help you steward this. We want to help you steward it. There's some Levitical priests among us. Brandon mentioned it this morning. This body has some mature people in it. You're the Levitical priest. You're the ones that are helped to, to help steward the younger ones. When Barry got up this morning and said, this is not criticism this is instruction. Remember, correction is protection. Don't get mad at somebody because they corrected you. They're protecting you. Why? Because we love you. Seriously, we love you. 
And we want to steward the thing that God's doing in you. In all of us. Because we need this as much as you need it. Is anybody with me? Here am I, Lord. Hear the, hear the prophet Isaiah. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me. If the core team folks will take their places for communion. We're fixing to do the meal that heals. Is everybody ready? I'm cutting this short for two reasons. I'll come back and do it because there's a, there's a holy more component to this. But as they're taking their positions, I want you to take this one down. This is the last one. Hosea chapter 6. Buddy, we got a hold of this. I, I got a hold of this while I was in service two weeks ago on a Sunday morning. Listen to this. You ought to write this down. Seriously. This is, this is a prayer. Hosea chapter 6. Three verses. Real short. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now, he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Did anybody hear that? That one jumped off the page at me. So we may live in his presence. Well, I just don't feel like it today. Live in his presence. I got to tell you. I got a legacy I'm, I'm following. My dad was one of the Levitical, he was a Levitical priest type. He, he loved the Lord. He was the real deal. He pastored for almost 50 years. The Lord gave him revelation of who he was. He was, he's, and when he walked in one day and said to some of his colleagues, he said, guys, you won't believe what the Lord showed me. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. They looked at him like, Horton, you're crazy. A son of God. He said, yes. And he's called me to live continually in the spirit. He called it life in the spirit. I watched him for the last 30 years of his life till the day the Lord called him into his presence he lived continually in the spirit of the Lord I'm here to tell you as a living witness it is possible to do it I saw it with my own eyes it is possible to live in the spirit you know why so times of refreshing can come times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.